the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to this KGNW broadcast special, Heart of the City. Pastors, ministry leaders, and churches have received a call to serve their communities with the love and compassion of Christ. The call is from God's heart to the Heart of the City. You know, I like that name, Heart of the City. Uh, we are kind of in the heart of the city right here across from CenturyLink Field, and it's also the heart of the city as far as the Lord's heart for our city. So welcome today to Heart of the City. I'm Chuck Olmstead, the Director of Local Ministry Development on 820 AM, The Word, and I have a special guest today. Her name is Elisa Anderson. Elisa, welcome today to Heart of the City. Thank you so much, Chuck. It is a pleasure to be here. You have just become such a wonderful friend through the years, and I appreciate that you do a heart, that you do this program to you know point people to the ministries in the area. You're so kingdom minded, and you just have such a gracious, welcoming heart every time I see you. So thank well, you for having me. Well, thank you so much. You know, I was uh, reviewing in a recent program about um, you know the purpose of Heart of the City and. Um, you know, we've got some great preaching on KGNW. Some yes. great pastors. Some of my favorites. Yeah, mm-hmm. some great teachers. And uh, I was I was reviewing uh, in a previous program about um, how we get to know God's character, and uh, we get to know God's character by studying His Word, and by reviewing His work in our lives and the lives of others, and then learning to f- to follow His voice. Well. If you look at that, as far as learning the character and the faithfulness of God, we have lots of pastors that that preach good messages. Uh, We don't have a whole lot of what we would call testimonies or stories Mm -hmm. about how the Lord has worked in their lives. So when I thought about this program years ago, I thought, you know, uh, I'd like to just have people tell their stories, because in that... In those stories reveals the faithfulness of God in their lives, right. and so that's why I invite people on and uh, and to have them share why they do what they do, not just what they do, but why they do what they do, and and that comes out of a relationship with Him. And so, as I thought about inviting you today, I thought, well, let's hear Elisa's story and uh, what the Lord has done in your life over these seasons. So. Uh, take us back to the beginning. Are you a local girl? Did you grow up around here? Are you? I'm a native Washingtonian, yes. One of the, the few, I guess, now. <laughs> a lot of people have moved in and, and adopted our home. But yes, I grew up actually in um, Wenatchee. Oh, really? Yes, yes. Love apple country and had a wonderful upbringing in Wenatchee and uh, went to college at WSU, go Cougs. And then actually moved to Hawaii, which was kind of an interesting um little side trip um, at a time in my life where I think I, uh, on a whim, you know, with my girlfriend said, you know, um, this is a time when we could uh, do something that later on may be hard for us to do. And um, when 
you know, we have families, and, and it sounded like a, a great idea. And actually, my mom gave me the idea until we actually were getting ready to move there with two of my best friends. And um, and then she was like, what? You're really doing this thing. So we, but we, um, and that was actually spiritually just in a really powerful time in uh, my life to really uh, take that step of faith and rely on the Lord and, and do something really different. So we lived on Maui for three years, I did, and then I moved back and met my husband, um, at a church in Seattle, and and we have raised our three children here. We still have one at home, but the other two have launched, and it's just been a blessing. I love love Seattle. Yeah. Well, talk to me about what what that was like. How old were you when you were considering moving to Maui? What was I was I was a senior in college, right? my last year, and I was starting to do campus um, interviews for random jobs. Actually, some of them were like in the Midwest. And one day over frozen yogurt, um, I said to my girl, I was relaying the what happened in the interview and that it looked like I was going to get a job uh, offer in the Midwest. <laughs> and one of my friends says, do you want to live there? And it was like, I hadn't even thought about that. I was just going to take the next job um, offered to me that was uh, following in line with my degree. And where that, in the Midwest? Because I'm a Midwest boy, you know. So where, right, it was like St. Paul, but I never visited there. Oh, okay. It was just yeah. you know um, a job. I think with Procter and Gamble, I, it was just I really hadn't given it that much thought. I was just going to accept the right. job because I thought that's what you were supposed to do. And and you know, over frozen yogurt, we made a pact that why not move to Maui? Because I had visited there for the first time and I saw a lot of help wanted signs. <laughs> and we thought that would be a good idea. And it was pretty funny because we arrived and we're wearing um, suits and, and that is not the attire for job interviews in Hawaii. <laughs> so we definitely stood out and um, we actually ended up getting too many jobs uh, during our time there because of, you know, we just... Were ex- we ex- I accepted a job with American Express, which ended up being um, the job that I stayed with for three years. So that was wonderful. But at times, you know, it's so expensive to live over there that um, we took several jobs right. <laughs> to to manage to pay our rent and buy cars together. It was a, quite an adventure. My best friend still lives over there. Wow. Wow. So spiritually, you said that was one of the best things spiritually. Why? Why? What was what was going on? That yeah, um, well, I think that um, you know I had received the Lord as as a high schooler and grown up going to church, but really appropriating the faith for myself. Um, took that um, time in space in Hawaii, where I think people either move over there because they're fleeing from something um, that isn't gone right, maybe um, in the, you know, mainland, uh, or they move over there, and it can be an incredible time of a spiritual awakening. And and that's the way it was for my girlfriends and I, we decided, are we going to, you know, really do it the world's way? Are we going to follow the Lord? And we ended up at a church called Kumalani Chapel, which is now a harvest at Kumalani Chapel. Greg Laurie is um, pastoring there with Pastor Ricky Ryan. And he was, Ricky Ryan was actually there um, when uh, my girlfriends and I moved over there, and we just immersed ourselves in the church and went on mission trips, and we just really uh, served the Lord with abandon. We're very zealous for the Lord, so I definitely knew of the Lord prior to moving over there, but that was just a real um, pivotal, pivotal time on my own with my girlfriends that we supported one another and really um, served the Lord with abandon. Yeah. It's great. So the Lord can work in Hawaii like that, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Just some some wonderful churches over there. So I think, you know, like I said, some it was just really a polar opposite um, 
you know, where some people were really doing it the world's way and parting it up. And, and we just went the opposite extreme. Maybe we started out trying to, you know, materially or to, or in the party scene to find our identity. And it was just empty. And, and then we just really found our identity in Christ and started, you know, going to Bible studies, just couldn't get enough of the Word of God and the people of God and, and serving um, in different age ministries with children, a lot of the time teaching Sunday school as, as a young adult, and and had had a fun job where I got to um, you know go on a lot of tours, and it was the travel side of American Express, and it was it was it was a fun yeah. adventure. So, what uh, happened after three years where you felt like the Lord wanted you to move back to the mainland? Yes, I really sensed that it was never going to be a permanent move uh, because I was a Washingtonian at heart, and you're awfully far away from your your family uh, if something were to happen. And I just didn't sense that. I wanted to put my roots down, down there. And so I just sought the Lord in my quiet times. And then probably the most pivotal reason that I, that I moved at the time was my uh, best friend was getting married to another dear friend of ours, um, Steve, and, and, you know, they needed to, um, you know, find a place to, to live, and I was booted out, and he moved. <laughs> yeah. So it was, it was great timing. I was there for their wedding and then moved um, after that, and they're still married, living there, and raised their three kids. It's been neat yeah. to have a place to visit. Yeah. Well, in, in a little bit later on in the program, we're going to talk about um, – you know, you assisting um, young people in yes. their decision-making process. Yes. So it's really interesting for me to hear how you navigated some of those decisions in your life in your younger years. Right. And, um, you know, because hearing God's voice and mm-hmm. hearing the direction that we need to go in our lives, there's no real formula, is there? I right. mean, you you had circumstance, you had just uh, impressions, you had uh, the blessing of, of of parents. There were there were things going on in your life to to help you form those decisions, but they're not always easy, are they? Right. That that's interesting. I hadn't really even thought of my personal story as part of the reason that I founded the company that that I founded, but I. I have seen this trend uh, as I was a substitute teacher and then worked for a ministry that um, oftentimes this is really a challenging time in young people's lives where they feel lost and and they're supposed to just figure it out on their own. And I just prayed and asked, Lord, there's got to be a better way to help young people. And I call them emerging adults. You know, um, how are they supposed to make wise decisions that align with who they are, not what the world says? And, you know, as you call me back to look at my my journey, it, it was a, a little bit of, you know, I definitely remember um, having that silent, you know, that time of prayer where I really tried to be still and let the Lord speak to my heart about timing in leaving Hawaii. I had actually a great job and, and other ministry opportunities were unfolding in the church that were appealing, but yet I just sensed, you know, God calling me back to uh, my roots um, in Washington and and. And, you know, it wasn't necessarily a job. It was just, you know, the desire to be um, closer to family. And I just sensed that God had um, someone for me to marry, and he wasn't necessarily in, in Hawaii. Uh, but it is, it's fun to kind of look at my journey as it relates to now the, the business that I founded to help young people. Well, tell me about that business. What's, what, uh, what is it? It's called Crossroads Mentors. And, 
and 2016, I was, you know, at that point where I was just feeling a little restless. I had a great experience working uh, for a local ministry where I wrote, helped write curriculum and uh, radio was a part of that journey, as well as a Bible study that I got to write on true beauty. I've always loved mentoring young people. And then I just started to see just a pattern of where young people were just making decisions. I think it was like based on how the wind blew that day. You know, it was just like, I think I'm going to college because of my friends or, you know, it's just, it wasn't solid based on who they are. And so I was really praying about a way to help young people uh, where they can understand how God made them and, and help them to be on purpose. And probably about that time, the Barna and Gallup statistics had come out about the number of young people who were leaving their faith, you know, as high as 60%, which was very alarming for someone who loves mentoring young people. And of course, having my own as well, who were teenagers at that, mm-hmm. that point, um, that own experiment going on at, at home, is that was very concerning. And I thought, hmm, what, what is it that's calling them, causing them to lose their way, whether they had a faith to begin with? I think there's a lot of young people who get really good at living the dual life um, on the outside, but inside they're far from the Lord. And so there was some of that, but I thought, you know, wh- what is it that helps a young person um, really be on purpose. And I think it is understanding how God has made them so that they, I've, my part of my business, one, my, one of my statements I use a lot is you lose your way if you lose your why. Well, why are you going to college? Because I would ask those young people when I was substitute teaching, well, why are you uh, making that decision to go to SPU or to WSU or Central or wherever? And so many times they, it really was not, you know, based on the career or major that they wanted to pursue. It was, um, it was just some, you know, random, random reasons that they gave me. And so as I was seeking the Lord about what I saw as a problem, Lord, I know you can give wisdom to how to, how to solve this. And, and I was at a homeschool conference on behalf of the ministry that I work for. And uh, next to me was a, a woman who was with Crown Ministries, and she was um, helping helping uh, families learn about a tool called Career Direct. So uh, where it's an assessment tool, and I got very excited about that. Hired her for my middle son, uh, who I sensed needed some direction in his life. And then I shortly thereafter, when I saw what it did for him, I um, got certified, and and that's been the centerpiece of my business at Crossroads Mentors. This assessment tool that I love so much. Well, and it's interesting, you uh, while you had these insights, yet you still saw the need for your son to have kind of an outside uh, assessment that yes. took place. Sometimes, in fact, I was just speaking with someone earlier today about how, um, our, especially our adult kids, um, can uh, receive something from an outsider as opposed to their yes. mom and dad. And so, you know, and that's where we have trustworthy people that, that, our, that our kids are, are looking towards for mm-hmm. that wisdom. So in, in that and in what you're doing, it's you're kind of the... Uh, <laughs> I don't want to characterize it this way, but you're the uh, the honest aunt, aren't you? <laughs> that can help kind of bring them along as a mentor. That's great, you know. And uh, and it's a a third party that can have some some outside influence on on a young person. That's so true. I one of my spiritual gifts is exhortation. I love helping people to be whole, and you know, on purpose. Um, 
and incur, I, I love to encourage young people. And so it, it is just that, you know, sometimes they have ears to hear what I have to say. And, and it's probably reinforcing what the parents have said all along. But somehow they discount that advice sometimes from mom and dad because you're supposed to love them and you're supposed to tell them uh, they, that they're amazing. But I have done now 110 assessments for young people, and I'm just more on fire for um, helping all young people to look at how God has made them so that they are on purpose and they make wise decisions according to their design. And it's a whole person assessment. It looks at personality, and then we look at vocational interests, and then skills and abilities, and lastly, priorities. So it really uh, gives you a whole picture so that you can filter your decisions about what's interesting in a career based on your personality and your skills. I have them you know, fold their arms because there's a natural way we fold their arms. And then I tell them, now fold it the other way. And some people can do that really pretty quickly. And then others, it takes a little while and they're thinking about it. I said, that's what it's like when you're working outside of God's design for you. Yeah, you can be competent and you can um, figure it out, look in a mirror and figure out how to, how to cross your arms, but it just doesn't feel right. I want you to be in a career that just fits your skills and abilities and your personality and your priorities so that you, it, you can be life-giving. In, in your work, that you can be uh, a kingdom representative in, in how you work. And there isn't that sacred secular divide between what's uh, vocational ministry versus um, another kind of, you know, any kind of career. Mm-hmm. You should be on point to be um, the gospel on display as a janitor, as a teacher, as an engineer. So that's one of the teaching lessons I get to do as I come alongside as the auntie. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, you're listening to Heart of the City. I'm Chuck Olmstead, the director of local ministries, and with us today is Elisa Anderson. She's with uh, Crossroads Mentors, and um, you know, having that assessment um, can really be life changing. I remember when I was oh, probably in my late 30s, early 40s. Uh, I we had a um, um, it was called a SEMA pattern. I don't know if you're familiar with those or not, but it was an assessment that that we did at our church. And I I discovered that we, you kind of went back and looked at your life and had kind of five key things that you saw in your life or five important uh, um, memories that you had. And I I understood. Uh, that the assessment came back and said that I love to organize and operate. <laughs> and it kind of put some yes. language to something that was very innate in me, but right. I didn't really recognize before. And that has been something, having that assessment helped me understand who I am and why I like to do what I do and where my passions lie. And to be able to have that kind of an assessment is really important. And, and you're, you're right. So many people, even in their 30s or 40s, yes. don't really mm-hmm. understand. They know they like to do some things. They know they're good at, at what they do. But they really have not had the language to, to really um, put that all together, have they? Right. It's such a gift of self-awareness. Uh, my son, who's in his uh, second year at at Baylor, during his freshman year after the first semester, he got to interview for a very competitive degree and program at Baylor. And that was exactly the comment that the professor made after his um, interview for this major that he got chosen for is he said, I've never known 
uh, freshman who has such good self-awareness mm. because he was able to not only pinpoint who he is but why he was a good fit in that particular business program. So it, it does help. It does help, and it does help you know who you're not. Yes. You know, and I think about maturity. Uh, yes. As I get older, I know, uh, hopefully, I know who I am, but I also know who I'm not. Right. I also know what I really shouldn't do and mm-hmm. can't and, and not can't do, but like you were talking about folding your arms. That, that this situation that I'm considering, is it really where my passions lie? Is it really what I've been called to do? And is it really fit? And if you have those kinds of assessments, it really does help you know who you are and who you're not. That's right. That's right. It's it's very, very important. It's it's kind of like giving giving your kids a key to unlock, you know, their future. And bring the future into the present so that they can make wise decisions. Because why would you look at one particular school if college is your trajectory? And I also talk about uh, the trades and, you know, you don't have to go to college. The stakes are incredibly high now. And the college debt is something we're we're all aware of when you look at the average cost is $25,500 a year, you know, and and a lot of students change their major. You change their major, you're adding a fifth year. So because the stakes are so high, you want to be careful about making that decision and and looking at careers, but then backing up to find, well, is that major that would lead to that career even yeah. available I have at a, that university? I have a grandson who's a uh, senior in high school this year. Oh, yeah. And uh, he's already in the Votech program out in Maryland where his mom and dad and family live. Wow. And uh, when he finishes his senior year uh, next June, he'll be an apprentice electrician, <laughs> you know, and uh, there's nothing wrong with Amazing. that. When I listen to the radio and I hear ads on the newspaper or ha- ads on the radio for uh, $47 an hour and full benefits for a journeyman electrician, I'm like, uh, he's making some good choices yes, right yes, now. Yes, he will probably be farther ahead than his peers, yes. Yeah. So, um, you know, one of the things that we've been hearing a lot about recently is anxiety, the, the, mm-hmm. the, the trend of anxiety within young people. And that really is getting to be a serious problem, isn't it? I mean, sure, there's that anxiety that, that youth have, but there seems to be even more of that in these days where there's this, um, this anxiousness about life and about decisions and about careers and all of that sort of thing. What do you what do you share with 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 uh, parents and kids when they're when they're anxious about what's what the decisions that they're making and what their future yeah, is? Yeah, good question. It's something that's on the heart of every parent. I believe it because the process is so overwhelming. If college is the next step or whatever, it, there's just so many uh, variables to consider. Um, with the essays and the SATs and prep classes. And I mean, the list just, I could get stressed out just thinking about all the things that this pressure that we're putting on, on young people. So no wonder they sense they're sort of lost. Well, again, I think it's, it's stepping back, taking that time to understand who they are and then really helping them to eliminate what, what is not a good fit. And it isn't usually like, oh, you know, you thought of being an attorney, I guess I'm going to cross that off. It doesn't fit with your personality. They're the ones that do that that process. We filter it, but then they will say, you know what, that probably is not not a good fit. I don't love school and the thought of going another three years after you know college is is too much. So in the in the assessment, the career direct assessment, there is a there's a part of it that looks at stress. And so they are honestly answering questions that take about an hour to do at home in the report. And then when I process it, it gets to the point where 
you know, we spent over an hour, you know, going through their personality and, and kind of the interview to get to know them. And then we hit the part about stress. And I do talk about ways to de-stress and decompress because I start the process of letting them know it, you know, may be the best three and a half years of your life, but that first semester is going to be kind of hard. And I have a niece I'm supporting right now who's feeling that uh, anxiety that you're talking about and thinking, oh, that must mean I need to go home. Um, I think we've tried to insulate our, our kids from the stress uh, of life, and, and we've rescued them in some ways, and not that that's necessarily her situation, but she is feeling that, that stress and thinking, oh, it's, that this is, this is hard, so there must be something wrong that I'm doing. And, and I'm just encouraging her that it, that culture shock is hitting you. You're in unique surroundings. It doesn't mean you're in the wrong place, so stop you know, looking for the out, commit, and start looking for remember who you are. So I brought her back to the assessment that I had done on her mm-hmm. and reinforced how amazing she is and that, you know, there's there's a direction that she can go in to feel that f- fulfillment and then start to uh, recognize that she'll find find her people. But it does take time and timing. And mm-hmm. plugging into the churches that are in the area, the outreaches that they have are huge and important factors to get that support. Yeah. Well, Elisa, if somebody wants to reach out to you and, and talk to you further, what do they do? How do they contact you? Oh, I'd love to talk to them. They can get a hold of me through email, E-L-I-S-A at CrossroadsMentors.com. I have a Facebook page, but my website is CrossroadsMentors.com. Well, thank you for joining me today on Heart of the City. Thank God you. bless you. Okay. Thank you, Chuck. You've been listening to this KGNW special, Heart of the City. For more information about how your pastor or ministry can be featured on 820 AM The Word, call Chuck Olmstead at 206-269-6216 or go to 820amtheword.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.